0: Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, you beautiful, wonderful people to the C-H-G-O Bulls podcast brought to you by our lovely people at PointsBet, when you can use that promo code C-H-G-O when you sign up to live your bet life. I am Big Dave. You can follow me at Bow Sports on Twitter. Will is on vacation doing his thing, jet-setting and doing his thing, but he'll be back tomorrow with a two actually two shows on a Thursday and a Friday with a with uh, our guy Mark K in Australia. So that should be amazing, a Bulls HQ show. And our guy Matt Peck is out in Peck Manor with the family, getting a much-needed vacation and relaxation. So he's chilling too. So I'm running the ship right now, but I'm not alone because, as you can see, I have the man, I have the myth, I have the legend. He is the Bulls radio play-by-play announcer. He has been in this game over 40 Years, y'all. You can follow him on Twitter at CTS Bulls, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, Mr. Chuck Swirsky. How are you, sir?
1: So, Big Dave, you told me before we went on. Normally, you wear a hat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, like, you know, this is my favorite hat. Like, yes, sir. But in honor of you, Big Dave, because this is my debut on your show, that I'll I'll leave the hat here. So, like, but but I'm I, I love the locks, man. I, I you think I got a shot? <laughs> Mm-hmm. probably not. you got a shot maybe in the back maybe, yeah. in, the back, maybe Chuck. in the back there yeah there
0: yeah I'm good. <laughs> oh man i've really i told you this before we got on here but and i really mean this is a real honor for me to uh speak to you oh uh, my one of my degrees is in radio so radio is very near and dear to my heart so you know you're one of the people i've always listened to and looked up up to and revered man so it's an honor to get to talk to you, today. Man. No, and thank you, know what,
1: big game Hey, listen, it's my pleasure. So,
0: thank you. Yes, the first thing actually I want to get into is just your upbringing and how you came up. Because uh, Joey, can I get this uh, graphic from you, Chuck? You put this up, Chuck. It was a tweet you put up, yeah, uh, talking about your 43 years in broadcasting. You made your debut on WCFLAM 1000, sir, yeah. uh, and I believe, but that's 1979. If I'm, that's if I'm not. Um, Talk to me about that moment, because I love reading things like this, because it's kind of a testimony, you know what I'm saying, to where you
1: are right now. Well, you know what, number one, that was like my Chicago welcoming home, so to speak, of uh, 1979, because prior to that, I did some internships, one in Cleveland, one back home in Seattle, and then really my first job was in Columbus, Ohio, doing sports talk. But I, you know, this is a life lesson because I graduated from college early. And when I got my degree, I wanted to get a jump start on my career. Mm-hmm. And of course, one would think, well, great, you know, that sounds wonderful. Well, I sent out tape after tape after tape. In those days, I'm dating myself big day. There's no such thing as the internet, okay. no phone, <laughs> no social media, nothing. So when you wanted or heard of a job, or ask somebody to review your work, you had to send a cassette, okay? And you can Google that folks, what's a cassette? So you send a cassette in a little bubble envelope to the program director of the GM of a radio station and they would put it in the machine, they'd hear it and then toss it out. I got turned down for so many jobs, sometimes I never even heard back from people and you persevere and you persevere And all it takes is one person to believe in you because I've had people tell me you'll never make it in this business. And I'll tell you what, it put a chip on my shoulder and not a chip, but a boulder. And that's why like, even to this day, big Dave, you know, what motivates me. I go online and I look at all the interviews of Kobe Bryant, where he's talking about like the black mama mentality and how he would step on the floor and Uh, There was a clip I just saw where uh, they played um, a game against Detroit and he took the last shot and missed. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it big Dave, but he missed. He stayed, the Lakers were staying over in Detroit. He stayed on the floor for three hours after Mm -hmm. the game, working on that same shot he missed. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can apply that to our own vocations whether we're, you know, running, you know, for, um, you know, a job in broadcasting, whether we're, you know, taking off in the business industry, you got to bring it every day, and you got to polish your strengths and really work on your weaknesses. Mm. So, well, talk to me real quick about that uh, rejection
0: because I want people to understand, you know, the actual grind it takes to get to where you are in the position and the toughness that you have to have and like you said the boulder it kind of put on your shoulder um did you can you talk to me about moments of discouragement that you had because of that were there moments where you were like you know what i don't want to do this you know i'm giving this up i should try something else How, how was that for you
1: well you know what that's a great question because see i look at rejection as an opportunity i also look at rejection and i've been rejected a lot i mean i you know you could say Well, have you been rejected even at the NBA level? And the answer is yes. I mean, you know, with certain jobs, you're up for a job. You don't get it. You're, you know, knocking on the door. You want an opportunity. You know, people in higher positions on the food chain say, you know what? We think you're good, but we're going to keep you here. Whatever the case may be, the truth of the matter is that I let all that go because I don't carry grudges. I don't let it eat away at me. As a human being, does it hurt? Of course. Yeah, you know, we all want to be loved. We all want to be respected. We all want to feel that we're capable of, of that job. And if you didn't feel that way, we probably shouldn't be in the industry. Hmm. But when you're rejected, my faith comes into play a lot. And hmm. I'm not uh, embarrassed to come on with you or anyone for that matter. My faith in God is really, really important. He's gotten me through some of the darkest moments ever. Hmm. And so I know that in the sense that when I am rejected, that there is something that will open up somewhere or better things to come. And that's how I approach it. But I've got to do my job, big Dave. Yep, you right. can't expect while you're rejected. And that's it. And I'm going home. I'm taking my bat and ball and gonna you know throw a pity party. You can't do that. You say to yourself, okay, like, what do I need to improve on? How am I going to get better? And I keep thinking of like Walter Payton with the hill, you know, Yeah, yeah in absolutely. the offseason, season, he would do that mm-hmm. and do it and do it and do it. And you're probably saying, wait a minute, this is the greatest player in the history of the NFL. He doesn't need to do this, <laughs> but you know what? Walter Payton said, yeah, I need to do this mm-hmm. because there's some kid coming out of school right now. Like I did. From Jackson State in 1975, looking to make a name for myself, and he's coming after. Guess what? Every Sunday they hand out the checks, and I I want to keep my check. Yeah. So I mean, whether it's on the playing field, whether it's in the office, whether you work at a grocery store, you just got to bring that passion every day. And I'm not talking about like four days of the week and you coast the other three. I'm talking about every day. Mm-hmm. Daily, yes, sir. Uh, was it always basketball
0: for you? Was that always the sport you wanted to call or was that the second one or the one you ended up with? How, how was it for you?
1: Well, initially, I, I did a lot of sports. Yeah I mean, even um, I mean, I did Northwestern football on the old sports channel. Mm-hmm. I did some college basketball with DePaul and the University of Michigan. I did minor league baseball. I did a lot of things. And then, of course, I filled in for Hawk when he um, had, uh, you know, he was uh, one. I think he had an eye injury or he was having work done, whatever the case. And so I filled in 17 games one year and then the next year, I think three or four. But I mean, like, you know, you try and become as versatile as you can in our industry. And so uh, the sport, though, that really drives me is basketball, I love basketball. Um, My dad died when I was a kid, and there was a coach across the street from where we lived. He was the head basketball coach at a nearby high school. His son was the year behind me in school, and I just gravitated high school, college, University of Washington, Seattle U-Games, Seattle Supersonics. I was there. I mean, I I love the gym, and I love the sport. I mean, I love the sport for what it brings people together. Mm. Was there a player um,
0: that you just mentioned coming up that you just kind of gravitated to, that you say you love the sport, you love to watch it? Who was the player for you that you, like, you just had to watch and he just really inspired you on, on any level, high school, college, or, or pro?
1: Yeah. Well, Big Dave, you know, um, when, when I grew up as a kid, the games weren't on all the time. I mean, like the Sonics, they probably had a third of their games, if that, on television. (laughs) And the other, you know, 60, 50 to 60 games were on radio. And that's really where I love radio because, I mean, you heard the bounce of the ball. And this is long before you had music playing during an NBA game as we do now with all the game ops and effects. So we actually heard... You know, the shoes on a wooden court mm-hmm. and a ball dribbling. And uh, it was it was really unbelievable. But if there was one player growing up that I loved, and I just loved the way he played, and that was Oscar Robertson, the big O. Ooh,
0: big o. And
1: Oscar played for the old Cincinnati Royals, mm-hmm. now the Sacramento Kings, and then later won a championship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, with the Milwaukee Bucks in sure. 1971. But to me, Oscar Robertson was like, I, I I to this day, I don't understand why more people, and I get it because a lot of young people never saw him play, never saw Wilt Chamberlain play, never saw Bill Russell play. But you know what, these are players, Big Dave, that have, could have played in any era. That's yeah. how good they were. I
0: believe okay. it. yeah. Yeah, my father, definitely his favorite player, uh, one of them was Oscar Robinson. He, he just, he loved talking about him all the time. Uh, he was an Ohio guy. You know, my whole family's from yeah. Ohio. So he loved talking about him all the time and his skill and precision on the floor. And Isaiah Thomas, he talked, you know, Will Chamberlain, uh, Sam Jones, you know, Elgin Baylor. Yeah. Like, so I got that tutelage and that teaching, you know, coming up, you know, as a kid, just hearing about, these great. So when you tell me those kind of things about the big O, I will just sit here and say,
1: yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I, I got those lessons as well. Yeah, you know would. It, it, you, you just spoke of Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. So I saw him play in high school at St. Joe's. And I thought he was going to DePaul to play with his best friend, Mark Aguirre. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking this is going to be sweet. <laughs> you know, two hometown kids playing for Ray Meyer. It doesn't get any better than this. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, maybe it was how Bob Knight recruited him and Isaiah's mom, you know, probably loved Coach Knight. And she probably loved Coach Ray. But for whatever reason, he went to Indiana and won a national championship and then went to the Pistons with the second pick. The first pick in that draft was Mark Aguirre. So there you go. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I I look at that era of basketball – when it came to chicago in 79 80 was my fr- and then just to see the amount of chicago kids mm-hmm. who like either stayed in the state played at depaul played at loyola went to the university of illinois and it was crazy it mm-hmm. really was mm. and it's fun you bring
0: that up uh, my my brother is a season ticket holder for depaul he grew up at that same time he's a colossal fan he's still mad about DePaul in the final four and <laughs> not advance it. That was a um, pretty but, good final four, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Patrick Johnson, Larry Burton, you had a really good Penn team. Yeah. That, that was kind of an afterthought. Penn? What are yeah. they doing? But they <laughs> had a good, really good player in Tony Price.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My Man, my brother would love you right now, Chuck. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That, that Lake
1: City. Lot. I mean, think about that. You had in that tournament, you had. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Mark Aguirre That's
0: in the crazy. final four.
1: That's crazy.
0: That's crazy, man. Oh man I would love to see that. Uh, can you speak about, and I, I've talked to Stacy about this before, and he talked about how he almost went to DePaul. Yep. And he talked about the team that they would have had with him. And the one player he, he talked about was Ben Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I wanted because you were you were definitely around at that time and, and kind in the game. I yes. Met, I met Ben Wilson several yeah. times. Yep. Please tell me about what that was like meeting Ben Wilson and seeing Ben
1: Wilson playing on the floor. Well, I mean, Ben Wilson would have been, in my opinion, he would have been a pretty old all-star in the NBA. He had it. I mean, he he had it. Mm-hmm. There, big Dave, there are certain players when you see them, it's the it factor. So when I was in Columbus, I saw the state tournament championship game and Clark Kellogg was playing for Cleveland St. Joe's and I saw Clark Kellogg have a phenomenal game. They lost, but he put on a spectacular performance and I could tell he had the it factor. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what, Ben Wilson, he had the it factor, big Dave. Mm -hmm. He was fluid. He could get any shot he wanted off. He was going to be a great player. I don't know if he would have gone to DePaul. I think he was probably headed to Illinois. Mm. But um, wherever he was going to go, whether it was DePaul or Illinois or any other school, um, he would have been an NBA player. There is no question in my mind. And I'll never forget the day he died Mm -hmm. um, because Jim Molinari – who was an assistant with Joey Meyer and Ray Meyer at DePaul. And I mean, you know, Jim was really recruiting Ben Wilson really, really hard. In those days, you know, there wasn't a limit on how many times you could see a kid. I mean, you know, there was uh, a player out of Crestview, Florida, Tom Hammonds, who played in the NBA was a really good player at Georgia tech, but big Dave, when I was a roommate with Jim Molinari, we were you know, sharing a place in uh, Wheaton, and then Jim got married and his wife threw me out of the house. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure that one out. All <laughs> <But, laughs> kidding aside, he was going to trust Florida and to see Tom Hammonds like twice a week. I wow. mean, I said, why don't you just buy an apartment and get a car <laughs> now? So, um, but, I mean, you know, Jim saw Ben Wilson – all of his games, you know, right in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And when he was shot and murdered, you know, and they kept him alive and it was so tragic. And, you know, to this day, when I relive that, that moment in my head, I think, you know, what a waste uh, of a human life. Forget about yeah. basketball for a second, Big Dave. I'm talking about a young man. I'm talking about a young man killed right on the street. I mean, it just breaks my heart for his family, and it it was just so sad uh because he would have had a a unbelievable future
0: yeah i love hearing those stories man uh, about him just just speaking to his legacy and why it still is what it is to this day you know why he's so honored and why that number 25 means (laughs) so much yeah why it still means so much here in the city yes it does um before i move i wanted to ask you this um because i personally put you when it comes to radio i put you in that same vein As I do uh, Jim Durham, as I do uh, Wayne Larravee, as I did Neil Funk. Those guys who could just describe everything perfectly about what is happening on the floor and make you feel like you're right there. But at the same time, you know, being a fan of what you're seeing, but not crossing that line. You know what I mean? Knowing where that is. So I guess that I guess the question is, when did you kind of find your stride and kind of know like, okay? I'm here right now. This is exactly the level I wanted to be at. Okay, that's uh,
1: you're really good, Big Dave. You you really. Good, <laughs> I'm not patronizing you. I'm not trying to stroke you up here, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> oh, so you, when when I when I made um when I made the effort to say okay, where am I at right now in my career? I was at WGN, and I was doing play by play for DePaul. And the rights were up, the radio rights for DePaul management said, listen, you know, we're, you know, we're just not on the same page with the school regarding rights fees. We're taking Northwestern and Chuck, they're going to bring in Dave Ennett. You know, he's he's their guy. And I said, great. I love Dave. And I do love Dave. He's a wonderful human being. I said, I totally get it. He is Mr. Wildcat. He's Northwestern. When you people, people think of Northwestern, they think of Dave Ennett. And I agree with that 100%. And I told my boss, Dan Fabian, when he called me in the office and told me that DePaul has one more year to go, and that's it. So I'm thinking to myself, well, like, I've invested a lot of my career in the play-by-play for basketball. I don't want to give that up. I could have stayed at GN for a long time, but I said, this is what I want to do. And, again, this is how God works, that, like, 10 days later – I get a call out of the blue and it's WJR in Detroit, and they're looking for somebody to do Michigan basketball play by play and do sports casts. And while it was hard leaving Chicago for Michigan, but I mean, when the university of Michigan has an opening, that's a pro franchise and they, we were in the tail end of the fab five. Mm -hmm. And so they had the number one recruiting class with Gerard Ward and Maurice Taylor and tractor trailer came a year later, and they had Maceo Bastin, and Mm -hmm. it was like phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew, okay, like I I wanna get to the NBA level. And when the Raptors hired me in 98, 99, um, the first NBA game I've ever broadcast, it's one thing, Dave, to sit with a microphone and practice doing an NBA game. It's another when it's for real, and it's mm-hmm. almost like a player in practice. They're practicing, and you say, "Okay, you know, I can handle this." And then all of a sudden, the bright lights come on, and you're dealing with NBA players who are really, really fast and really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't like you know uh, a, a Tuesday in the South, you know, in the SEC. This is like NBA ball here. Mm-hmm. And so um I was a step behind all night. I was I didn't like I didn't like it. I had never been exposed to a 24 second shot clock mm-hmm. and I I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, I've got a lot to learn." And it was it was a really big time dose of humility and I was humbled. And I said, okay, like, I got to get better. And I listened to tapes over and over and over. And so the second game we did uh, was the final preseason game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We only had two back then. And I can tell you what I learned in a very short period of time still applies today. And that's call the game what you see in front of you. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I think it's important that we maintain the integrity of the broadcast and we give props to the opposing team. I never bury a player. I don't embarrass a player. I don't believe in making things personal. And I don't make fun of players. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just me. Now, for others, maybe they want to go that direction. And I'm not going to, you know, say... For them, maybe that's fine, but for me, I can't do that. I think anyone who puts on an NBA uniform, Major League Baseball, an NHL sweater, or the NFL has to be doing something right. I don't care if you're the 53rd man on the Bears team. You're a pro football player. Yes, sir. Okay? I don't care if you're the last player on the roster of an NBA team, and when it's all said and done at the end of the year, you saw 19 games. You still played in the NBA, Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of respect for athletes getting to that level. And I have a lot of respect for broadcasters who get to this level because it's really hard.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you've gotten to that level, man. So I know you won't say it, but I'll I'll let you know that.
1: You know, when I started, Dave, listen, let me tell you something, Big Dave. When I when I started with the Raptors, I was hoping like, hey, maybe I can do this for three years before they kick me out. Mm -hmm. I'm going on my 25th season this year. I'll be doing my 2000th game in January. And if somebody told me back in the day when opening night of the 98, 99 season with Vince Carter making his NBA debut against Paul Pierce, who's making his NBA debut, I'm thinking 25 years later. Wow. So Mm. I've been truly blessed.
0: Yes, sir. We are talking with the great Chuck Swirsky. We're going to take a break. When we come back real quick, we're going to continue talking about his broadcast career. We're going to get into some more of that Bulls talk. And we're going to have a little fun with that, band They call Chuck yeah. Swirsky. We're going to have a little fun also, y'all. Absolutely. But, first, but first, I want to tell you about PointsBet. You all know PointsBet Sportsbook. is counting down the days until the football season with every new offer. New until the season kicks off from September 8th, y'all points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m central standard time sign up for points bet using the code chgo to also get risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets boosted odds and so much more now through september 8th and that's not all if you make a 50 dollar $51 or more first-time deposit, you're going to receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of that awesome web content and you'll even get a free t-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. One of these kind of cool shirts right here or something you're liking, sir. You can have one. Download that PointsBet app today. Use that code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer because you don't just bet. No, no. You live your bet life with PointsBet. And also and also, Chuck, I got to tell you this. I am a huge music person. It's my thing. I love music, a colossal music fan. So I love going to live shows. And the best way you can do that and save yourself some money while doing it is hitting up my people at game time tickets. y'all. Whether you want to see the Isley Brothers, whether you want to see the Brothers Osborne, whether you want to see the Ball Brothers play each other. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever for you to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dream of sitting in the seat that you thought you could never sit in? 50-yard line? Courtside? Looking right at Chuck Swirsky called a game? Behind home plate? Floor seats at the concert? It's possible with GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats that you thought you could never buy or never afford. You will not find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets, y'all. All right? And just like CHGO, is created by the fans for the fans. Guarantees the lowest prices. So if you love us here, at CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in that description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events, it's game time.
1: Oh, well, I like that. Oh, thank you. So, w- w- what's the best concert you ever attended? Oh, that is a, okay.
0: I like this. All right, best concert I ever attended was Kanye. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't have to be a big name, but the best concert. No, it was it was Kanye West glow in the dark tour. So it, it was when he was at the United Center and it was Kanye West, it was uh N-E-R D who is Pharrell and Chad Hugo and his group, uh, the Neptunes, uh, Rihanna and Lupe Fiasco. And I i didn't know you could do that. I mean, I, ha- I haven't been to a Pink Floyd concert, you know, to see that kind yeah. of live, you know, incredibleness with all the lasers and lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watching Kanye West was as close as I've gotten so far, you know, to seeing that. So honestly, that was the best, Concert, um, I probably have ever been to, and I and I've got a bucket list of who I still need to see. Prince is also in my top three. I saw Prince, Chuck. That uh, was you did. It was a dream come true, Chuck. It was amazing. Oh, and again, I saw that at the United Center as well. Yeah, Prince
1: um, loved basketball.
0: Oh yes, he, he played. Yeah, he yes. played basketball. Yes, man, and yes, he, it always amazes me because he's not the tallest person. No, but they were like, no, this dude could really, really oh That yeah. means he was a great point guard. And you could kind of see that in his music, by the way he facilitated, you know, in his yep. music. It, you you know, know,
1: I, I read a story after he passed about his love for, for basketball. And that was when he was in town, like a day or two before, because he, normally they, the, the arena in which they set up a concert is probably the same arena they're playing basketball. You mm-hmm. know, they just do a quick changeover. So he would get to a city early, a day or two before, and so if a, if an NBA game was taking place, you know, he would be sitting courtside watching a game and then doing a concert oh, like man. the next night or two. And he yes. was a huge NBA fan, yeah. big NBA fan. But um, that's a pretty good uh, description of your favorite. I'll tell you, I, <laughs> I remember I saw Stevie Wonder came to the United Center a few Ooh. years ago. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and so I was there, I think his daughter was doing uh, backup vocals, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so like he's doing new material, and mm-hmm. for people like me who grew up Stevie Wonder, I mean, I you know I I wanted you know I wanted yeah. Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Superstition, yeah. Golden Lady, you know. Yes, oh yes. And yes. so I'm thinking, okay, like I'm starting to get a little bit impatient because mm-hmm. you know, like, and so all of a sudden the crowd's starting to throw, you know. Uh, song titles out of me he goes okay 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 I get it you know and he starts jamming you know I'm thinking oh good but the best concert I ever saw in my life and I'm dating myself now the OJs oh yes Chuck yes the the OJs put on a concert in Seattle Mm -hmm. at the Paramount Mm -hmm. that was like crazy
0: Wow. And
1: I mean, they they you know they were in sync doing the oh yeah and and they were rich, <laughs> and they would put on the bright orange you know suits mm-hmm. and the whole bit and then they turned to uh, green and it was like but their production and their performance and their voices were mm-hmm. unbelievable yeah and yeah. and so like I I love that concert but you know the energy whether it's Kanye whether it's Springsteen whether it's Mick Jagger whether yeah. it's like You know, like chance. I mean, like energy, Mm -hmm. the -hmm. energy. I mean, we're talking about on stage. Think about this. Mm -hmm. You're on stage and you're doing this for two and a half, three hours Mm -hmm. and probably for some no break, no intermission. And you're bringing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, (laughs) (laughs) the breath control. Have you seen the Elvis movie? Not yet. Oh, I'm watching it this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I mean, the same thing with, like, I, I don't know, like, how he managed to do this. He, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he passed away in his early 40s yes, because sir. his lifestyle just got the better of him and the demons. Yes, but, yes, I mean, sir. like, before that happened and for him to do this on stage, he was doing, like, two shows a day in yeah. Vegas. <laughs> not, not, like... One show, four times a week. Two shows a day. It's crazy, man. That
0: is crazy. And he did it. And shout out to Stevie Wonder is on my list, Chuck,
1: of people I have to see. He's on there. Uh, The Eagles. I going to do another turn. You know, like Elton John just had his farewell tour. Yeah. I can tell you what, his manager is probably saying, hey, you know, we made a pretty good play. Why don't you lay low for a couple of years and then come back?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves to comeback. Okay. Everybody loves to comeback. Well, man. what
1: about the farewell tour you just had two years ago? Well, I, you know, uh...
0: you know, nobody's ever really retired in music. No, <laughs> Everybody okay. always comes back. Come yeah.
1: That's All right. <laughs> All right. So well, let's, let's get back to Bulls.
0: Let's get back to Bulls, Chuck. Let me uh, talk to you about what's going on with this team this year, These Chicago Bulls, uh, as we know, finished with the six seed, uh, lost in five to Milwaukee but probably the most fun bull season that I can remember uh, in several years. Um, just the highs of it were really high when it was high. Uh, yeah. The lows of them were definitely low, you know, dealing with the injuries and things yep. like that. But watching this season, what do you take uh, from this season? Being as somebody who sat and called all 82 of those games, what do you take from this past season?
1: Well, I take the fact that um, it, it's great that our, our head coach, And our front office and the players and the culture that's being developed with the foundation. And uh, I mean, I can't say enough about AK and Mark Mm -hmm. and Billy Donovan. And they brought, let me tell you what, from afar, like I've seen DeMar DeRozan a ton of times since he came in the league as a lottery pick at a USC with the Raptors. It's one thing, Big Dave, to see a player three, four times a season. It's another to be around him. Day in, day out, mm. and DeMar DeRozan is a unbelievable human being. Number one, mm. I mean, this guy gets it. Okay, it's never about DeMar DeRozan. It's always about what can I do to help another player. Mm. And I mean, what he did with I.O. going down on an on an off night for I.O.'s jersey to be retired and making that trip to champagne and then to get back and be a shoot-around the next morning. I mean, that speaks volumes about DeMar's character, and it goes beyond that. That's just an isolated, you know. Uh, but, I mean, I, I love the makeup of the team. Injuries came in and just killed them. I mean, you know, you one thing, Big Dave, if you can't have a healthy roster, and when I say healthy, everyone's banged up by the time you get sure. to mid-April. You know, you've got your, your knees are barking, your joints are on fire. I get it. But I'm talking about where you can say to yourself, all right, am I 100%? No. I might be 85%. I might be 80%. But for mid-April, I'll take that. But if you don't have your best players on the floor come mid-April for playoffs, you got no shot. True. None. Because you may win around, but as it gets deeper into the postseason – And these teams are really, really good. You're going to start missing players. And all you have to do is look at that year when the Raptors won and you had Durant injured and then you had Thompson injured. Mm -hmm. You know, a healthy Durant, who knows? Maybe Golden State wins another time. Maybe Durant doesn't leave, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But give credit to the Raptors because let me tell you what, Kawhi Leonard, he was running on fumes by the end of that series. So they had to play another series with that knee, who knows what would have happened, but you've got to have healthy players. I mean, had Middleton not been hurt against the Bulls, you put Middleton you know, in another playoff series or two, they could they could have repeated. That's true.
0: That's true. I agree. Uh, speaking of those injuries, uh, let me ask you about Zach Levine. Uh, yeah. Because he is someone, even though he had a great season and, and an all-star season last year, People forget that that man was pretty much injured (laughs) like a lot of the season had the hand injury uh, early on, you know, dealt with the knee injury, you know, later in the season. But showed his tough COVID for the third time, like showed his toughness and played through all of this and still put up incredible numbers and was an all star. -star. So how what are you looking to see from Zach Levine going into this season uh, that you probably didn't see uh, last season from him?
1: Well, I I think, as you mentioned, I mean, getting Zach on the floor is really, really important. You know, the the availability for all NBA players right now, I think, is something that not only as fans and players want this as well. I mean, players don't want to miss games, no. but, you know, but they've got to be healthy. There's one thing about, are you hurt or are you injured? Mm-hmm. A lot of players are hurt. If you're injured, you can't play. Okay, I'm not saying that. But in Zach's case, he was injured and he played through this Mm -hmm. because he wanted to gut it out for his ball club. I have complete admiration for Zach Levine. I think he's a a terrific human being, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great guy. And I think he's going to make another all star team. In fact, when it's all said and done, I think he'll probably be on several more all star teams. And Mm -hmm. I think DeRozan's headed to the Hall of Fame. And I think the whole key for the Bulls this year, because the East is stacked as we know, Mm -hmm. and I think the key is going to be health again. And what that roster looks like in April, I can't tell you. But I can tell you that if if these players can stay healthy for the majority of time, because injuries are a part of the game, I get that. But Big Dave, if they can stay healthy, I want to see what this club's made of. Mm. I agree, Chuck. Uh, One more injury I'd be remiss if I didn't talk
0: about. uh, It's Lonzo Ball. Uh, He's dealt with the knee injury uh, since about January, Uh, the bone bruise uh, in the knee. It sounds, I've heard reports that saying, you know, there's some positive coming out of it that he's better than he was uh, in the previous months and further along than he was. But um, also the report came out that said he wouldn't be available for training camp and he is doubtful uh, for the start of the season, um, can you talk? You talked about the importance of health uh, down the stretch. Do you feel that that importance is just as- is it just as important to start the season with that kind of health, or is it kind of I can get along with this until we get everybody back healthy? Because the Bulls do have depth uh, at that point guard position.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know, it, to me, uh, you certainly you want players on the floor as you turn the corner for the playoffs. I yes, mean, sir. you know, but see, the Bulls have not come out. So I, w- I want to be really, really careful what I say here. Yes, sir. Because the Bulls have not released a statement about Lonzo Ball's health. Yes, sir. And and Jamal Collier is a wonderful man, great reporter. Mm-hmm. And he came up with that, that story. Casey Johnson had a story, of course, yes, with sir. NBC Sports Chicago. But the Bulls have never commented on... You know, those two reports and probably, you know, we're going to find out, I'm sure, on media day in a few weeks at the United Center, what's going on with Lonzo. But until the Bulls make a statement about the timeline, I think it would be foolish on my part to to talk about a player who has never been quoted, by the way, about his injury. And I'm not saying he's not hurt or hurt or somewhere in between. I just think we kind of need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and see where the he's at where the team's at. And if he can go, he can go. If he can't next man up.
0: I mean, that's I hate it, and, I'm not,
1: and I'm not trying to, to, you no, know, no. Throw it under, but I mean that that's why they have a roster of NBA players. Yes, that's why I, I, I want to see IO. Mm-hmm. I want to see IO make that jump. I mean, I want to see IO's, you know, offensive game. I want to see how, where his game is at from here to here or, you know, where, where his shot is at. Um, Because I, I thought he had an outstanding rookie year. Oh, I completely agree. That was actually going to be my next question.
0: What was about IO and just how did you feel watching that? Like, I I haven't seen somebody come into the league that young, but still, but be that mature as a rookie. You know what I mean? Like it's very rare to have the kind of maturity that he has and, the Just the controlled confidence, you know, like yeah. it's not egotistical, you know, it's not, you know, flamboyance or look at me. It's no, I'm confident in what I'm going to do on the floor and I'm going to execute it on the floor. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that, like watching him from game one, Chuck, like he just kind of
1: shocked everybody when he yeah. came out. Well, I mean, number one, his family, just solid, solid foundation. And then secondly, he was really well coached in college. Mm -hmm. um and i think he came in and he probably had a chip on his shoulder Mm -hmm. you know because a lot of people were expecting him to go um probably mid first round to let's say number 22 23 somewhere in that range and then he dropped Mm -hmm. and so you're looking at a player comes into camp and he's probably saying to himself i'm not doubting my abilities and the bulls didn't doubt me because they they took me in the second round. And so here we go. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the way he got after it and his approach, as you mentioned, is on the court mannerisms. And the fact that, hey, coach, you know what? You want me to sit? I'll sit. You want me to play? I'll play. You want me to start? I'll start. You want me to guard all these point guards? There was a run, Big Dave, where for like two weeks he was seeing all star guards. I mean, the schedule was like, you know, unforgiving because it was like one all-star after another all-star after another all-star. Oh, and by the way, I, you're going to play 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. It, it was a lot to take on, and he definitely yeah, took
0: it on. It is. You know, he took it I, head you know, on.
1: He never complain. Never. never complain because, you know, we would go up to him and shoot arounds. Yeah, you know, he would get asked all the time, how you feeling, have you hit the rookie wall? Nope. You tired? <laughs> nope you good love that yep Yep. (laughs) you ready to play
0: yep Yep. (laughs) I love that um let me ask you about the new rookie um the Bulls have gotten uh Daylon Terry I really enjoy Daylon Terry and it's not even
1: personality doesn't he
0: Chuck it's exactly it's not even for his game you know what I mean it's because of the personality when I went down to summer league and I watched him when they played the Knicks when the Knicks were blowing the Bulls out I'm watching Daylon Terry, you know, talk to his teammates and is telling his guys, why isn't anybody talking? Where's where's the fire? Where's the energy, guys? We can talk too. And all I kept saying was, this is exactly what I wanted because the Bulls are very cool. Like, they follow the DeMar DeRozan, yeah. Zach Levine. But they don't Iowa. have
1: that personality in the locker Correct. room. Correct. Exactly, Chuck. So, so speak to me about that, about Daylon well, and what you've seen. Well, I I, I love he's, I love his personality. Yeah, you know, he he's uh, passionate and, um, you know, he's a rookie. So we have to give him some space and let it breathe to see uh, his play. The thing that stands out that I do like about him a lot is his, how he plays angles on defense. He gets a lot of deflections with this wingspan. He has an incredible motor. And again, he's going to be a rookie. So we have to I, I, you know, take a step back and say, OK, like, you know, before we say he's a definite rotation player, mm-hmm. he's got to get his feet wet here a little bit and understand the game. The game's going to come at him. And yeah. this isn't summer league. You know, <laughs> they don't they don't hand out rings opening night for although they now have summer league rings. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's <Chuck. laughs> uh, well, <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, but you know, just give me the money. You don't need to give me a ring. How much does that Come ring on. cost? excellent I'll just take the cash. Come on. Um, you know. Uh, but I think Dale and Terry was a great pick for yeah. where the Bulls got him. Excellent pick.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I and I think he also will help lighten that fire under uh Patrick Williams, who I yeah. expect to have, you know, really a solid season uh yeah, this year. So. As I do. Uh before I one more question, and I I have to ask about this trade that just went down cuz now the Eastern Conference is very very serious. Donovan Mitchell with yeah. the Cleveland Cavaliers uh making them just really truly uh formidable. Uh talk to me about that trade and about the Eastern Conference. Have you ever seen it uh
1: this competitive uh in in the NBA? Well, I mean, yeah. Uh I'll I'll say this and Big Dave listen to me, all right? Yes, the, the, and people don't want to hear this. This, and because it sounds really boring, but okay. this was a good trade for both teams. Because usually when there's a trade, man, I can't believe Cleveland. Hey, listen, you know what Danny Ainge is doing right now with number one picks? He's taking like this. What else can I get? I got number one <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's collecting everything. <laughs> Big Dave, I'll take that hoodie. I'll take that T-shirt. I'll take those pictures behind you. Yes, sir. (laughs) I mean, that's what he's doing with number one picks. Danny Ainge has got 1,012. I thought Oklahoma City had all the number one picks in the league. Now you got Danny Ainge. He got seven. Seven for Rudy Gobert. Wow. And so, you know, the the way I look at it, Utah's in a major rebuild. They're doing it the right way. And for Cleveland, to put Donovan Mitchell, oh, my word. Because I'll tell you what, I love Garland. Darius Garland Mm -hmm. can hoop. And Jared Allen can hoop. And Evan Mobley can hoop. And Okoro is never going to see the ball, but he plays defense, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Utah got some – you know, I'll tell you what. Sexton, I think, is uh, a better-than-average player. I I like him. Um, You know, and Abashi can shoot the three. So that was a good – you know, because he was their pick. And so he's going to go to the Jazz, and then they get three number ones – and a flip for two if it comes down to that. So the way I look at it, it was a good trade for both teams, but Cleveland definitely helped themselves because, you know, Mitchell still has a couple years left on his deal. Uh, And, you know, you got Mobley in his rookie deal. Jared Allen just signed a five-year deal a year ago, so he's taken care of. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Garland just signed for the Max, so they've taken care of their big boys, you know? Yes, sir. Absolutely right. We're talking with Chuck Swirsky. We're going
0: to come back real quick after this ad read. We're going to play Pass It On. And I'm going to ask Chuck about those famous dance moves, man. I got questions, y'all. But before we get into that, y'all, Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. So getting, getting fitted out in the best sports gear around, it's only one place to do that at, y'all, and that is Foco. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field. To the, to the north side, to the south side. They got hoodies, they got slippers, they got signs, they got bobbleheads and everything in between. Everything you saw Chuck just pick up, they got it right there, y'all. Get like Danny Age. Them. Yes, like Danny Age, baby. They are collecting. They got you. You get decked out like DeMar. You can get fly like Zach. You can look smooth as Lonzo, y'all, with all this apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. That is Foco. So if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies, baby, to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So go check them out. Get on down and check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, y'all, use the promo code CHGO. Get yourself 10% off. Save you some money and look good, y'all. It's Foco. Foco. Fosho. All right, Chuck. It's time to play Pass It On, my friend. Pass It On. That's what we're going to play right here, Pass It On. We're going to get to that in a second. But i want to play Pass It On with you right here. So this game that we have our guests that come on, they don't know who our next guest is going to be. And so what they do is they leave a question for that guest to answer. Our guest that we had previously, Chuck, was the great Sarah Kustak. She was in studio with us. Yes, she is amazing. And she left a question just for you to answer. Joey, can we play that uh, for Chuck Swirsky, please, sir? Let's let you hear what Sarah had to say. So obviously through my jobs, as you mentioned, and in Mm -hmm. particular the NBA season, travel to a ton of different cities. uh, And I'm coming here to Chicago and I realize there's so many new places popping up. I feel this way about living in New York. I want to know wherever they live, give me your favorite spot to have dinner. Your favorite spot to have lunch, your favorite spot to have breakfast, and your favorite spot to to hang out. Kick oh, it, I music, love it. whatever. Is it? Can I ask four questions? Yeah, I yeah feel like yes that's can. All, it's one question with four subcategories. But I want I, I want to know like your home or where you live. Tell me where to go. Mm. Tell me where to get the the best eats and the best vibe. Okay. Oh, <laughs> now if anybody, I need to get the best vibes from it's that man Chuck Swirsky. So, Chuck, tell, tell me the spots, man. Your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and where do you and where's a great spot to kick it at?
1: Okay, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it back here. I'm gonna talk about my hometown of Seattle. Yes, sir. Okay, because I love my hometown just like I love Chicago. Okay, I love Seattle. So in Seattle, okay, you got to go to Pike Place Market. Got to go to Pike Place Market. And, you know, that have, I, I don't know, you can Google this, but they throw the the salmon. Have you ever seen yeah, that? I've seen it. Yes, sir. And like when I was a kid, like, you know, we would put our names in the hat and we'd pick two names. One could throw the fish. One could would catch it. And I went year after year after year and I never got my name picked. And so like, I've like been in therapy ever since. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, There are so many great places in Seattle. I'm going to tell you, if you like seafood, okay, there's a place called Ivers Acres of Clams, and you eat them like out of a bucket, and it's awesome. Now, I don't know if you're into that stuff, but when you're raised in Seattle, that's what we do, Mm. okay? And there are some really neat coffee shops in Pioneer Square, Mm -hmm. and – I mean, I just, I just love Seattle so much. Yeah,
0: that's amazing, Chuck. All right, so since Sarah left that question for you, uh, you, sir, are more than welcome to leave a question for our next guest. We're not going to know who it is, but okay. whatever question you want to ask about anything, the floor is yours. Okay,
1: so we have been looking at, you know, talking about sports. We've been talking about entertainment. We've been talking everything. So all of a sudden, You can sit down and have dinner with one person, currently living, one person with a sit-down, and they are picking up the bill. Not you, but they are picking up the bill. And who is that person you're having dinner with so you can look at the menu and you don't have to say, oh, my gosh, you mean I got to No, 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 no. They're paying for it. But I want to know, who is that person that you're having a meal with for whatever reason?
0: There you go. I love that. That is an awesome question right there. I can't wait to see the answer for my next guest that comes on, man. All right, Chuck. Um, I kind of hinted on it a little bit, but I got to talk to you about the smooth moves of Chuck Swirsky. Joey, can we, can we show some of those smooth moves that Chuck has shown over the Another years one, guys, and, guys. and showing us? Now, Chuck dust Chuck! I love how intuitive you are. <laughs> I love how you've just gone with it. You do a game after game. Where, where, where did it start? Okay. Is where I want to know.
1: Where did this begin for you? Well, you, you saw that it was an empty arena, and this was during COVID. And so, yeah, as you know, the Bulls were just on life support. They were bringing yeah, players in. And yeah. you, AK and Mark were just trying to figure out, like, who can play NBA ball around here? Mm. So, we, as you know, we did road games from the United Center downstairs. Yeah. True. And so the Bulls won a, a game against a really good team. And I was so excited. Afterwards, I just started dancing in our broadcast studio and Rich Wyatt, our engineer, decided to tape it on his on his iPhone. And then he said, I'm, I'm putting it up. I said, whatever, go ahead. Next thing I know thousands of people, it went viral. So, mm-hmm. you know, so then like the next day or next win, uh, we didn't do it and people are like tweeting, where like, where's the dance? Mm-hmm. So that's what, I mean, Listen, we're, we're here to have fun, and it's, you know, I'm not doing it at the expense of trying to hurt the uh, opposing franchise. Yeah. You know, we're just, for 15, 20 seconds after a game, we're dancing to celebrate a Bulls win, and mm-hmm. I love Bulls Nation, and, you know, I love the job you guys do, you know, to just talk Chicago sports, because when it's all said and done, I mean, Chicago is in my heart. You know, yes, know the bulls, I run bulls DNA all through my blood. So yes, there you go.
0: That's awesome, man.
1: Has has have you ever tried to get Bill on on
0: one of those uh videos? He won't do him?
1: it. <laughs> me, I, I asked him.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, now before we get out of here, man. Um you said told us that you've got something coming out. You've got a new book coming out, sir. I do. To
1: talk about, sir. So please, uh, love to know I, more. I have a book coming out. Um, I don't know the release date because we're in the final draft right now. I'm hoping that you know maybe uh, late fall. Um, but I'm excited because we talked about yeah my career. We talked about my life. We talked a lot about Chicago. We talked NBA ball. We talked about sports in general and some of the people I've crossed paths with. Uh, But really, um, you know, the thing that I hope people come away with this book is that perseverance and positivity and passion and purpose, there are elements that we can apply in and out of sports in our own life that we can improve in our everyday communication skills with each other. And at the end of the day, and I sincerely mean this, it it, it it's all about the heart, big Dave. Everything is about the heart. So mm-hmm. in need, it doesn't matter who we are, what we are, where we're at, if I if big Dave comes to me and says, hey, you know, Swirsk, um, man, you know, like I need some advice. Do you have time? Always, what do you need? I'm here for you. I mean, that's the way my mojo works, okay? Yes, sir, I like it. And I want to see the beauty of life. And I don't want to deal with darkness. I want Mm -hmm. to be around people who are energetic and enthusiastic and care about each other and will go through a brick wall for people and people who are selfless and not selfish Mm -hmm. and who check the ego at the door and say, hey, it's about us not about me, I because, you know, like if, if if this is like everyone has um, a vision and everyone has a journey and that journey eventually becomes a destination point. But it's how we get there and you do it the right way, because I still believe there's a place in our hearts for kindness and respect for all, not just for some, but for all.
0: Mm. Place for everybody, man. That sounds like an awesome book. Uh, When it comes out, Bulls Nation, definitely get on that, man, because that is Chuck Swirsky. You know he won't let you down. Uh, Chuck, one more final question, man, and, and yeah. I meant to ask you this earlier. Anything what you is, did. What is your proudest moment in broadcasting? Not, not your favorite. I'm sure you have favorite moments, but
1: what is your proudest moment
0: for you um, in broadcasting?
1: Well, since I grew up an NBA fan and I promised myself that I would do everything humanly possible in a professional way, of course. Uh, the best moment was February sixth, um, nineteen ninety nine, my first NBA broadcast. Mm. Uh, because I cried like a baby after the game, I was. Wow. It, you you have no idea how hard it was to get to that level. And my biggest disappointment that my parents weren't alive to see it because mm. my mom knew how. Badly, I wanted to be an NBA broadcaster. And she had passed away like 15 years before. Mm-hmm. And my dad died when I was a little boy, but he knew I was a big sports fan. So I couldn't share it with them. Mm-hmm. But that's probably, you know, if you want to say proudest moment, the, one of the best moments I've had as a sports broadcaster calling a game was the Kobe 81 game. I was doing ah. the Raptors, and Kobe put up 81 and he, it didn't matter who was on. Mo Peterson, Chris Bosh, Matt. Matt Bonner's trying to guard Kobe Bryant. Matt, I love you, but. Oh, Jalen Rose, I mean, Rose I love, yeah, I love Jalen Rose, but defensively, I think Jalen, you know, was. I, he was an offensive-minded player, and I'll leave it at that. Yes. I love, I love Jalen, but I mean, we had everybody. Mike James is on him. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Pete, we had everybody. <laughs> Actually, oh, you know, man. like I, 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 I told one of the assistants, like in the fourth quarter, I said, "Hey, listen, you know what? If you need me, I'm ready." <laughs> <laughs> So you got six pounds, Chuck. Chuck got six hey, pounds
0: to get you, baby. <laughs> I
1: said, Bugsy Boggs is five three. If he's good to go, I can. Hey, um, hey, <laughs> I love it, man.
0: I love it, y'all. That is radio play-by-play announcement for the Chicago Bulls. Chuck Swirsky, the one and only. Follow him on Twitter at CTS Bulls. Chuck, thank you. This has been amazing for okay. me, man. You are amazing. You are you were probably the outside the most positive person. I've met outside of me. (laughs) That's good, Big Dave. That's all right. I'll I'll give you the crown, man. You you did a great job. Thank you, Chuck, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening, man. Make sure you all tune back in tomorrow for that Bulls HQ episode with Mark and Will. But until then, I am Big Dave, y'all. That is Chuck Swirsky. This is CHGO Bulls Podcast. We out, y'all. Peace and love.